Not sure who needs to hear this, but no one cares about your excuses. The parents don't care about your excuses. The judges don't care about your excuses. The gym down the street does not care about your excuses. We all got problems. Make it happen. And we're on. This is the Let's Talk Cheer podcast, and I'm your host, Jason Larkin. Where we talk cheer, we talk life, and we talk whatever comes to mind. Five, six, seven, eight. Let's get started. Turn it up and tune in into Let's Talk Cheer with Jason Larkin. We're talking cheer, we're talking like you know we're always talking. So listen up, you boy, about to go all in. Five, six, seven, eight, we're on. Let's begin. This is episode number 92. Not sure if there's going to be a 93, but thank you for joining. We have another great episode for you guys today. Two weeks in a row, we have two questions of the week. We also have the coach's comment about what determines prestige at a competition event. And then I get real with the coaches and the owners about priorities. And guys, the merch is officially on presale. Link in the description, but more on that in a second. If it's your first time here, thank you for checking out the show. I truly appreciate all of our new listeners. I do not take a single listen for granted. It really means a lot to me. No matter if you're listening on podcasts, if you're listening on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, even if you're listening on Google, um, I appreciate you guys and make sure that you are subscribed so that you never miss another episode. And if you're on YouTube, great time to smash the like button. Guys, when you get on, smash the like button, make it a habit, and then also turn on notifications. Ring that bell so you get alerted when the new episode drops. Shout out to my mother, Sheila, Claire, Sarah, Robin, Adriana, Chanel, Tamara, Micell, my mysterious supporter. And guys, I actually found out who Micell is. I figured if I kept saying it enough, um, someone would go, hey, you know, I've been donating, haven't heard my name yet, and eventually someone would reach out, and they did. And so um, my only clue, it is, it is a girl. And, well, a girl, you know, a woman, I guess, right? But anyway, that's the only clue I'm going to give you, but I know who it is, and so I truly appreciate you and your donations. Heather of uh, Flipside, Pablo representing for all the cheer dads out there, and I've actually had a couple of requests for cheer dads to come on the show, so, you know, you guys might be on to something there. You might get um, a cheer dad on the show to interview one of these days. And last but not least, our newest mate, Michelle. Thank you for all your donations. I can't say this enough how much they mean to me. If you want to financially support the show and make a donation the way um, everyone above does, then all you have to do, click the link in the show notes says something like, you know, make a donation and you can do it there. And guys, as I stated earlier, the Let's Talk Cheer podcast t-shirts are now available for pre-order. This is a great way to show your love for the podcast, order your Let's Talk Cheer podcast t-shirt link in the description. Right now, we're doing our first set of pre-orders. So starting today, which if you're listening to this, it's at least January 17th and ending January 31st. So click the link in the show notes and you'll be able to, you know, pre-order your t-shirt. Also, if you want to see the design for the t-shirts, you can, you know, click that same link or you can go on our Instagram, the Let's Talk Cheer podcast Instagram, and you will see the design there as well. 
And for those of you guys looking for the best way to support the podcast without actually donating money, the best way you can do that is to share this podcast. Send it to a friend, send it to another coach, send it to an owner, post it on your social media. That would mean so much to your boy. And by sharing on your social media, you have entered to win the giveaway. And guys, one elite all-stars and twist stars cheer really want this free coaches training. They've been sharing what seems like daily between the two of them. And so, you know, if you want a part of that action, then get in, start sharing. Like I've always said, the more shares, the more entries. All you have to do to win or to enter is screenshot an episode of the podcast Post that screenshot on your Instagram story and then tag me in the post. We've been doing me, like tagging at Jason Larkins, but now that we have the Let's Talk to Your Podcast Instagram, I want to move it to there. So I'll still accept them if you tag me, but tag it on the Let's Talk to Your Podcast Instagram and you are entered to win. The winner will be announced in episode 95. The more shares, the more entries someone is going to win. Why not you? I'm the cheer director at American Cheer, AKSC.com, sharing with you my life, running a program, managing a staff, coaching the athletes, and working with the parents. And on the other side of the microphone is a real-life cheer parent who represents all of you parent listeners. Don't be less when you can be more. Be more what's good. Life is good. I'm so excited. We're getting ready to hit GSSA this weekend, which will be after this episode uh, comes out, but I just feel like things are finally falling into place. All of your coaches and all the athletes, all the parents that run their kids around, all their hard work is about to start showing and paying off. Even though we have dabbled in competitions already, this is where we start to like really get into the heat and the thick of it. So um, mm-hmm. definitely looking forward to it. I'm glad we came back from a nice, you know, winter break, Christmas break, and in our hometown, this is where we are starting our. 2023 competition season off. So things are good. How are things for you? Dude, we're good. You know, always that first day of practice after a break is always a little rough. You're like, we're never going to get there. But, um, you know, but they look, all their second practices looked really good. So we just got done with our weekend practices. So all of those practices look good. And we, as of this recording, we have two more practices until GSSA. So I feel good. I feel confident that with two more practices, we'll be, you know, ready to hit the mat and make it happen. And then, like you said, we're in the thick of it now. Like this is, you know, I have friends who aren't involved in cheerleading, but they know that, you know, we run a gym. And so they'll always ask like, you know, how's the season? Have you guys started competing? And it's like, you know, we've, we've competed. But once we get back in January, that is really when the season starts. Like that's when we start going to our big national events, the bid events, you know, competing against teams that, you know, we want to compete against and that we stack up against. So, you know, national season has arrived. We are in the thick of it. Let's go. But yeah, so um, let's hop into, we got a couple things going on today, but let's hop into this coach's comment. I saw this last week sometime and wanted to hop into the conversation. So coaches comment for those who are new. If you're new, thanks for joining. I'm really glad that you're joining us. So let me go ahead and read this coach's comment. But the coach's comment is when I see things online, typically Facebook or the the, the Facebook and the coaches groups I'm in. And then people are just talking online. And I just kind of want to jump in the conversation via the podcast. So this comment was left or this is actually a post I was left 
Who determined what the most prestigious competition is? What was that based on? I have to be honest, after all these years of being in the industry, I still can't answer that question because it's debatable. It'll be interesting to see y'all's answers. So great. Um, I saw that left. I didn't really actually even read through the comments. It wasn't, there wasn't a ton of comments when I first saw it. I just screenshotted it and said, oh, yeah, I'm going to talk about that on the podcast. So I think really prestige is all, there's a word I actually don't get to use a lot, but I really, really like this word. I think it's such a cool word, but prestige is like in the zeitgeist of like, no one just says like companies can't say that they are the most prestigious event. Like that is something that is, not voted on, but again, it's the zeitgeist. It is what we all kind of determine that as an industry just based on like reputation and other teams go and, you know, all these different, I have so many different places I want to go with this. So I think the first thing that determines like prestige is the level of competition that actually goes to that competition. So that's, that's one, I think that's like the first thing, the other competitors that actually go to that competition. So this actually always makes me laugh after a competition weekend, you know, we'll come in, I'll come into work. And I'll run into Mike, our owner. And Mike doesn't, he's not too, too involved in cheer. When we talk about cheer, we're never really talking about the actual cheer routines on the mats. So like, he's like, you know, how's Junior 2's choreography coming along? Like, how's that pyramid looking? We usually, when we're talking cheer, we're talking about the business side of the program. You know, how the numbers look. Are there new classes we want to get started? The profit loss in our department. And, you know, like, business side of the of the department but every so often we'll come back from a competition weekend and they'll go so how'd you guys do this weekend and i'll go oh yeah we had we had a great weekend all six elite teams went we only brought the elite teams and all six teams won three of them got grand champs and we got a paid bid right solid weekend for us and he'll he always does this he always goes so was california all-stars there and that's like his like benchmark of what he's saying is, was this a real competition? Like, was this a real competition with real competitors? Or was, or was this just a gimme competition, right? So he always asks the California All-Stars was there. Because when he was, like, more involved in the program before we got here, like, California All-Stars was, like, the team to beat, right? So that's always his benchmark. Was California All-Stars there, right? So other programs going to event, other big programs going to events make things more prestigious, right? And that's like the big thing. This is a tangent tangent. But that's like the big thing with All-Star Worlds is I would love to try out All-Star Worlds for myself to see what it's like. But I know the holdback, the reservation with our parents is if it is prestigious, is it just as prestigious as the summit? And All-Star Worlds can't be the ones that determined that they can't be the ones that determine that they are just as prestigious as the summit. The industry decides if they are just as prestigious as the summit. And you need big gyms to participate. So when California All-Stars is going and Cheer Athletics is going and World Cup and programs that really are the, the trendsetters and the industry leaders in our program or in our industry, the industry leaders right in our sport, when they are the ones that start to frequent all-star worlds and that become the regular competition that they go to, 
then, you know, uh, a program like ours, which is like a mid tier program. We're not like the soup. We're not a super mega gym. Um, but you know, we're a pretty healthy D one gym. That's when our parents would go, okay, like the teams we want to use as a measuring stick of how good we are, they go, okay, now it's acceptable for us to go. Cause our, what our, I know our families don't want to do is go to a new event, like all-star worlds, like, you know, and pour all this money into it. And then, you know, we come out victorious, but not have the backing of, well, we beat, you know, a Brandon All-Stars and a Stingrays and a Cheer Extreme. Like when we beat all mom and pop gyms, then it's like kind of, it cheapens the experience for our families, right? So brands can't decide that they are the most, or individual brands, All-Star Worlds can't decide that they are prestigious. Spirit Sports can't decide that they are prestigious. NCA can't decide that it's prestigious. The industry decides that they are a prestigious. What is prestigious? What's not prestigious? The other thing is like just the size of the event, the the level of competition that actually goes to that event. So I think outside of Summit and Worlds, it's kind of recognized that NCA is the most prestigious event in the industry, right? And they have deep divisions and they have the best, really the best teams that go to NCA. So we've all deemed that as the most prestigious event. And it's weird because, like I said, when I say like zeitgeist, it's the spirit. I got to read that. I love that. I gotta, I'm got. i going to go find the definition. Zeitgeist, such a cool word. I'm going to find the definition for zeitgeist because it's it so wraps that up. Yeah, it's like the spirit and the mood. Like, it's just what the people are doing right now. Like, it's like, you know, it's the spirit of of everything during that particular moment in time, which is crazy because when I was, when I was cheering, we didn't have Worlds or Summit. And really the two big events, the two most prestigious events at the time were UCA All-Star Nationals and NCA All-Star Nationals. And at the time, the two were pretty even as far, as far as prestige was concerned. Now, you might have a preference, like we preferred to go to NCA. Or we, I prefer a UCA style routine, but the prestige was about equal. And it's crazy because over the years, I think everyone now would say NCA is 10 times more prestigious than UCA at this point when it was pretty even when I was cheering. And then when you compare that to something like college nationals, UCA and NCA still have like an equal level of prestige. And it's, and again, it's really determined by the athletes and the teams that, that go to that event. So, you know, when I'm at events and, you know, there's a big, you know, when you go to UCA college nationals or NCA college nationals, everyone's wearing their rings, right? It's like, or, or worlds or some, everyone puts on their rings and you got, you got to flex on everyone. Like how many championships you've won, Well, you'll go and you'll meet people and you'll see someone wearing a, a ring, right? And you'll go, Hey, like, Hey, what's that ring from? And they'll go, Oh yeah, this is when I was on this team and we won NCA college nationals in, you know, 2017. Oh, nice, nice, nice. You see someone else and they're wearing a ring. Like, oh, what's that ring from? Like, oh, this is when I was cheering here 
and we won UCA College Nationals in 2011. You're like, oh, nice, respect. And then you'll see someone else and you're like, hey, what, what's that ring from? I'm like, oh, this is, this is when I was cheering and we won USA College Nationals, you know, in 2009. And you're like, U USA? Right. Who hurt you? Right. Why are you wearing a USA College Nationals ring? Right. There's like a different level of prestige there. And that is determined by the people who actually, you know, are in the industry. USA can't determine its own prestige level. So anyway, that's my two cents. It's really determined by the industry at the time and really by, you know, deep divisions, you know, the programs that actually go and participate in it, the the and then and the, the programs that participate the type of routines that they throw right they're throwing great routines like we we honor for us out here in california spirit sports is a really big event for us here on the west coast it happens later in the season teams are a lot more polished and because it's a world's bid because it's a world's and summit a paid world and summit bid everyone brings their teams right Everyone goes because they're trying to get these bids. So we have the best of the best. They're all competing for these bids. And it's not the bids that make it prestigious, but the bids attract these uh, attract these, these notable teams, which makes winning that event, you know, special because we beat, you know, Cheer Force and California and, you know, South Bay and SC, right? Because we beat these teams, that makes this event special to me because we not only won, but we beat teams that we have respect for in the industry. Anyway, so those are my thoughts on what make a event prestigious. So we'll cut to commercial. And then when we get back, I guess we'll do the uh, question of the week. Owners, directors, coaches, we are in comp season now. So if you're looking for a second set of eyes as you're gearing up for your big events, I'd love to help out. You send me a video of your routine and I send you a video back of your routine with what I would fix and how I would fix it. Teams I've done this for have gone on to be world champions, NCAA all-star champions, NCAA collegiate champions, summit champions, and D2 summit champions. So if this sounds like something you'd be interested in, you can reach me via email at Jason Larkins, or you can reach me on Instagram at Jason Larkins or on the Let's Talk Cheer podcast Instagram, Let's Talk Cheer podcast. And we're back, so we're getting to this sounds like that question of the week. But before we get into that, I think you guys should have just heard the ad for the video reviews. Guys, those are popping off right now. So people are making requests for video reviews all the time. So definitely DM me if you're trying to get a video review done. We are in national season, so let me get those eyes on those uh, routines. But here we go. Sounds like that question of the week. Sounds like that, the official music producer for the Let's Talk Cheer podcast and all of our American cheer track. Sounds like that.com, powermusic.com. Get you a track, get you a pre-made track for your your prep or your, your novice teams. Anyway, B, hit us with that question of the week. All right, so this one comes from Sandra, and she said, can you explain what you mean when you indicate that elite tumbling is cumulative? There we go. Great question from Sandra. Guys, if you want to have your question answered on the podcast, link in the show notes, link in the description. You can go down there, 
and it says, you know, question of the week. So just click on that. It's a Google doc. You just leave your question, leave your name if you want. And, you, you know, we try to answer as many of these questions on the show as we can. So Sandra wants to know what, you know, cumulative means on the score sheet. So cumulative basically means that it's added up throughout the duration of the routine. So some things have to be in the same section. So you have two tumbling scores that you're really going after. And some of those numbers are counted in the same section, right? So we have like the standing tumbling section and they're counting how many athletes you have in that actual section before you move on to a different section, right? So you can't do, let's say you need, um, 15 kids to tumble in your routine. Some, some of them require that all 15 tumble in the same section, right? 15 kids tumble in the standing tumbling section before you move on to jumps or before you move on to your stunt section. Cumulative means that you can have seven kids tumble right now, and then you do your jump section, and then you do your your stunt section, and then you have another eight kids tumble later, and then they add those numbers together to get 15. So cumulative just means it's added up throughout the duration of the routine, and other um, sections means, or you know, other times it needs to be in that section. I actually remember, as I'm saying this, I remember like the reason why this person asked. It's because I didn't, I remember explaining the reason why I don't believe that parents understand the score sheet is because coaches struggle understanding the score sheet. And this came up because we didn't understand, we didn't know that elite stunts were cumulative. I was like, I remember saying like, Brendan and I were talking and he's like, Hey, did you know that elite stunts were cumulative? I was like, no, I just heard that like two weeks ago. I had no idea elite stunts were cumulative. And so someone wants to know what cumulative meant when it comes to and the routine. So that is our first question of the week. Again, if you have a question of the week, leave it. If you're on YouTube, leave it in the comments. And right now, if you're on YouTube, hit the like button, guys, just make it a habit. Log on, smash the like button, and then, you know, watch the video. Anyway, B, hit us with that uh, second question of the week. All right. Second question comes from Gina. She says, do you think that athletes who are on teams in very small divisions like youth four or five, junior six, and mini two should also double team cross slash crossover to a team in a bigger division so that they have the actual competition aspect throughout the season before end of the year events like summit and nationals events like NCA? Or do you think they should just focus on the level team they made and focus on trying those skill levels or level skills that their team is and not worry about being in a division with more competitors? Phew, that was a lot. There we go. Long question. Yeah, that's a lot. That was a mouthful right there. Another follow-up question, because you know it's funny, I can like I can I can see when they when I, when I see these questions, I know like why they're asking. I go, oh yeah, I remember we talked about that on the podcast. So this seems like it's another follow-up because you and I discussed, you know, should my daughter be on, what do you feel about small divisions like a youth five? Like should, and I was like, yeah, I think you should, if you had the opportunity for your daughter to be on youth five or your son to be on youth five, that is a good opportunity because those teams, if you have a youth five, it's very likely that there's a world's team in your in your gym and that is like the fast track to the world team so i recommended that 
you and I were talking about, well, you know, I don't know because she wouldn't compete against anyone. And you and I were kind of going back and forth about that. But what I didn't bring up in that episode is that just because you're on the youth five, does it mean that you can't be on another team that does have traditionally larger divisions, right? And so that is an excellent question that that she brings up. Yes, I would encourage, and this is my my true my true feeling. I would encourage if you're on something like a youth five or a youth four or what you know a J six where there's traditionally not a, a lot of competition in those divisions then yeah, I would definitely encourage you to cross over and be on another team that has more competition in it, right? Every gym across the world has a J3, except for American cheer for some reason, right? It's because we have the U3, right? But every, you know, there's there's no shortage of J3s. There's no shortage of junior ones. And there's no shortage of J2s. And there's no shortage of, you know, youth level ones, right? There's all these, there's these really popular divisions and there's no shortage of those. So I would definitely recommend that or encourage that you be on one of those teams as a crossover. That way you can actually get the pressure of competing against other teams in a two day event and, you know, having to come back from, you know, from behind or having to keep a lead or just having to, you know, just compete in general. Like so many great values that are generated from actually going head to head against another team. So great question. B, did I explain both of those? I didn't give you a chance to talk on either one of those. Any questions on either one of those things about, you know, well, first cumulative, that's the one that you might have a question about. Any questions about cumulative? Did that make sense to you as a cheer parent? It did to me when you explained it, like how you had broken it down. It made a lot more sense to me. Um, I it's weird that kind of go back to like, this is your cumulative GPA type thing. Um, so that's what I kind of relate it to. But it did make sense to me. And I think you explained it really well for all the other parents that are listening. Um, and then, you know, for the question from Gina, um, I think that makes a lot of sense to like both ways. Like it made sense to me. There you go, B. All right. Good stuff. Well, that's our question of the week. One of the most popular segments on the podcast. So again, if you have a question and, and the question of the week drive the show, it's like, re- it's our bread and butter. So if you have a question that you want answered on the show, link in the show notes, link in the description. When we get back from this break, I'm just going to talk to the coaches. I just got things on my heart and we're just going to talk to the coaches. So, um, you know, stick with us. All right, guys. So we are back and I said some things on my heart, on my mind, and I just think it's good, a good reminder to all the coaches out there. It's one thing I think we should all be doing as coaches, and it's really deciding who you are as a coach and the program, and if you're the owner, like who you are as a program. Now, all three of these things, I think for a successful program, need to be and are important. All three of these things are important, but I think that you need to really rank which one is the most important and then filter all your decisions through that, you know, through that decision. So there's three things I think need to be important for a gym to be successful. One, the ability to make money. Now, gym owners out there, coaches out there, and to the parents out there, 
It is not a bad thing for the gym to make a profit. It's not a bad thing for the gym to make a profit, for the coaches to be able to live right a life, you know, for cheerleading to be their livelihood and how they support their family, right? And there needs to be a profit in order for that to happen. Like if you like sending your kids to the gym and you want the coaches to stay at that gym, then the gym needs to be able to make money, right? When the gym makes money, they're able to pay for better coaches and better coaches, right? All those things are good things for the athletes, right? Now that again, that's not the most important thing, but it's not, you know, profit is not a four letter word. It's good for the gym to actually be able to make money and turn a profit. So money is one of those things. Um, the next thing is winning. Now, again, this is not the most important thing, but it is an important thing that the gym should try to try to do. And winning, and I say winning, but it goes, you know, the word can be uh, interchangeable or is interchangeable with, you know, the actual skills that happen. So if you're a tumbling coach, winning for you would be, you know, when I have a level one class, all of the kids in my level one class eventually get back walkovers or like a high, a very high percentage of the kids in my level one class all eventually get back walkovers or, you know, I have a level two class and they all eventually get back handsprings, right? And they get them in a timely manner, right? So that would be winning for a, a tumbling coach, right? Or just flat out, you know, obviously we know and in first place from Bakersfield, California, or just that the fact you're not going to win every competition, but that the kids look good out there on the floor. Like you can't help if you have a really stacked hard division and that team is just, you know, they were just phenomenal that year. And there's no shame in taking second or third, especially to other hardworking gyms with talented athletes. Right. But that the kids actually look good out there on the floor. But the thing I think that we need to make sure that we prioritize o over those other two things. And it's not that those other two things are evil, but we need to make sure that we prioritize the athletes first, right? And if we prioritize the athletes first, we will not compromise our values. If we prioritize the athletes first, we won't prioritize, we won't compromise our values. Because this is often, this is why I feel like the industry gets in trouble and why individual coaches and gyms get in trouble is because they want to do all three, but they haven't really decided which one is the most important. And if they have kind of decided, they haven't filtered all their decisions through which one is most important. And if you decide that the athletes are the most important thing in your gym, right? Their safety, their well-being, their their growth as people, if that's the most important thing in the gym, then you won't compromise and put yourself in a predicament, right? Now this is we've talked about this several times on the pod, especially every time there's a scandal that happens in the gym. And I know the first one that came out um not the first scandal, but I remember when the HBO documentary came out a couple years ago. I remember saying something like you know, gym owners, they kind of get wind that they have uh, a predator in their gym. And like, you know, why was this predator, like that coach knew that predator was in their gym. Like, why was he or she still in the gym? And I remember saying like, I'm not saying that this is right, but I say I could see that, that these owners go, 
man, but they're a really good coach and they're a really good coach. And when that, that, what that coach brings to our gym is more customers or they bring winning to our gym, right? They bring prestige to our gym. And I don't want to lose, you know, that, right? Like it's important to me that the kids are safe, but I don't want to lose the winning or I don't want to lose the money because, you know, I got a roof to pay for or I got to, you know, I got to keep a roof over my head. I got groceries to buy and all those things. Right. And so because the athletes weren't prioritized, aren't number one, then we allow predators to stay in the industry. Oh, but he's a really good choreographer. We need this choreography in our gym in order to stay su successful. So even though he's got a, you know, a checkered past, you know, and there's these red flags, you know, I'm going to bring him or her in anyway to work with the athletes. So, but when you put the athletes first, number one, the, in, the athletes can't just be, you know, important. They can't be an eight out of nine or, you know, an eight out of 10. They can't be a nine out of 10. They have to be the most important thing. And they definitely have to be more important than those, those two things I mentioned. Cause that's when, you know, gyms compromise. Right. And we, you know, when we talk about, you know, I mentioned gyms bringing in choreographers, right? They're leaving, leaving coaches in the gym because they're prioritizing winning, right? And then gyms will leave trouble families in their gym, right? Because they prioritize, I won't say they prioritize, but they're, they're holding on too much to the finances that they bring to the gym. Oh, they bring, you know, they have five kids in our program. They pay a lot of tuition, even though, they are, you know, toxic. They bring so much business to us. We're a small, and you hear this a lot with um, D2 gyms, right? We only have 30 kids in this gym. I can't afford to lose, you know, three kids right now. If I lose three kids, like that's the difference between making rent and not making rent, right? That's the difference between paychecks bouncing and not paychecks bouncing, right? So, so we let problem families who pay their tuition stay in the gym because we have not that you say it consciously that, oh yeah, like I'm prioritizing money, but you're thinking, you know, the first thing in your mind is what are we going to do without like, it's, it's already hard enough to keep the lights on in this gym. What are we going to do when we lose them? Right. And so just a word of advice to all, all of you coaches and owners listening is you need to make sure that you prioritize the athletes and the well-being of the individual athletes and the well-being of the team like, as, as humans before you prioritize the money or you prioritize the, the winning, right? The success of the team you know, out there on the floor. Cause if you, if you prioritize the athletes first, everything else will fall into place. So that was kind of, I'm not sure what made me think of that, but it was on my heart, on my mind, figured I'd share it on the, uh, the podcast B what you got for me. Oh, um, I 100% agree with you on making your athletes number one. And I, I get where people could think like, oh, if I lose this, you know, family of five, it puts a, a strain on things. But the thing is, is like, if you prioritize the athletes, like they're the reason you are able to at least be there. You know, you can always recruit more people. You can, there's a lot of things that you can do to make up for 
you know, a toxic family, you know, leaving or something like that. But these other athletes that are being normal or parents that are being normal and just, you know, going about their daily life, they're like, they're the reason you're there, right? Like you're there to teach their children. You're there because you have a passion for this sport. Like if it weren't for these athletes or the parents that are paying for it, you, you wouldn't even have a gym. Um, and then so that's just kind of what I think on that. Like, I think it always should be about the athletes. I really, truly do think that. Um, and then, you know, when you said um, about like a predator being in the gym and, oh, but they bring so many good things, right? I'm just going to say it. You are a sick individual, whoever you are. <laughs> like, there's no reason why nothing should ever, ever keep you from making that predator or person leave the gym. Like if, if for any instance, if a child is, could potentially or in the future be in danger in anything, any, it doesn't matter what situation that person has to go because we, as a society, we have to check, protect these children. And that's what we should be doing more often. Um, that you couldn't, you couldn't pay me. You couldn't, uh, there's nothing that you could do that wouldn't make me not want to protect a child. And that's how everybody should think. Winning, I don't really, I, I mean, I, I care about winning. Obviously I do, but the safety of a child is of above all important more than anything. So that's where I think people should transition that to. And, you know, you know I'm not saying that everybody hasn't, but I'm not saying that everybody has. So yeah, um, that's and my two cents on that. And I'll say this, I obviously went to a real extreme there when I said like a predator, but there are things that some coaches do in the gym that I know directors or owners will overlook because of the production that the, that, that, that coach brings to the gym, right? Now, predatory behavior is the extreme, extreme, extreme on that other end. But I know, so there's a lot of owners listening right now, directors listening right now who go, oh, well, he's you know, he's not touching kids. So I think we're okay. But there are things that coaches, well, well, coaches in the gym, parents, owners, directors overlook and they go, man, I really don't want that to be a part of our culture, but I'm going to overlook it because, you know, who else am I going to get to do that? Like who else is going to coach that team? No one else can teach, you know, tucks in this gym. No one else can teach fools in this gym. They're the only person to do it. Their choreography is so good that so I think that we need to decide like what is most, what is truly most important to us and then filter all of our decisions through that and go, you know what? I would rather, this is me all the time. I tell this to kids all the time. I have to work out their disputes between them. And I always tell the kids like when, you know, she's gonna, yeah, she did you wrong. I get that. And I'll, I'll tell Susie, Susie, I think you need to apologize to Rebecca. Oh, real quick. This is totally random, but I forgot to do it earlier. Mom and dad, I love you guys. I love you. And I love you. I don't call you as much as I should, but I know you listen to the podcast. So I want to let you know that I love you. Anyway, um, but when, I, when I'm sitting there with the kids, I'll have Susie and Rebecca and I'll go, Susie, I think that you should apologize to Rebecca. and. Rebecca, when she apologized to you, 
you need to say, or I encourage you to say, I forgive you. And, and I say, and I think that you should be a forgiving person. I know you might not feel like you want to forgive that person and she might do it again. And I always tell the kids and she might do it again, but I would rather live my life being someone who gave people second chances and forgave people and then got played later than a person who's just always bitter and doesn't trust anyone, right? I'd just rather live my life being a forgiving person and and trusting people and giving people second chances than the other side of the spectrum where I don't trust anyone, I never forgive anyone, and I hold grudges all the time. Now, I might get played every so often. I might get played all the time. Like people will take advantage of of the fact that I am forgiving and and try to give people second chances. But at the end of the day, I always tell the kids, that's on them. That's not on me. It's not on me if I if they take advantage of of my kindness. That's on them and they're the ones that have to sleep at night. Like I'm going to sleep just fine knowing I did what was right in my heart, right? So anyway, we're talking. GSSA coming up this weekend. Let's go. <laughs> I am just like so excited for this competition um uh from what i know it's supposed to be a normal competition um you know we did gssa last year i believe and you know it was still we were still on like restrictions and stuff so as we're getting out of the 2020 slump i like to call it um <laughs> yeah. you know this year i think it should be pretty good you know i'm hoping i don't, I don't know but uh you know, getting to watch other teams, um, getting to watch, uh, you know, friends, kids, um, mm -hmm. our program, things like that. So I'm super excited about that this weekend. Um, but uh, let's not forget that we have our pre-orders coming up for Let's Talk Cheer merch uh, well, starting go. January 17th. So which I think is the day I think that's this podcast. I think that's this podcast right okay. now. It should be out. Yeah, it should be out right now. Perfect. So we will have our merch pre-order the 17th through the 31st. So make sure you pick up some swag. Um, Let's go. And Spirit Sports, if you are listening and your athlete needs a spray tan for Spirit Sports and you are not from Bakersfield, I will be spray tanning at spirit sports. Um, I always do this. I've done it ever since I've started. I always do athletes the week of a competition, $20. Um, my spray tans are normally 30, but, um, I will be there all day Friday. Uh, I'm getting there early. So if anyone wants to set up an appointment with me, let me know. And B dot more triple so underscore. <laughs> yep. I guess that's it for the pop. I'm not sure if we have anything else. We have anything else to talk about? I don't think so. I mean, I think we'll definitely have a lot to talk about uh, next week when we recap yeah, GSSA. Sure. And then as we start definitely. recapping the competitions we're heading into. Yeah, we'll be doing all of them. So anyway, all right, guys. Well, leave a five-star rating. Guy, we haven't had a five star rating in forever. Not like we're getting a bunch of like four stars and two stars. We just haven't had a rating in a long time. Maybe we are getting ratings, but I don't think we're getting reviews anymore. So if you haven't left a review and you're new to the show, leave a five star rating, leave a review. You know, 
have a question of the week, make a donation. Until next time, five, six, seven, eight, we're out. We're out. Hey, Let's Talk Cheer podcast listeners. Although this episode has come to an end, there are a few other cheer podcasts out there that you can add to your weekly routine. If you're a gym owner or gym director and want to dive more into the business side of things, then check out the Connecting People and Profits podcast with host Dan Cotton. If you're a former cheerleader and want to hear the success stories from other former cheer athletes after their cheering days are done, then you'd love the Life After Cheer podcast with host Danielle Donovan. And if you're a cheer parent and need another cheer parent to relate to and want to hear things from a cheer mom's perspective, then the Cheer Mom podcast is for you. Check one of them out. Check them all out. And we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for watching the Let's Talk Cheer podcast. Definitely subscribe so you never miss out on anything from the show.